I'm going to start by telling you one more thing about me. And that is that I love new beginnings. I love weddings. I love newborn babies. I love the first page of a new journal, the first chapter of a new book. I think probably some of you have that same love. Um, I love making new friends and meeting new neighbors and watching a new movie and uh, especially in welcoming a new employee to our team. Uh, but I especially love a new year. In fact, I don't know if Scott has told you this, but we rarely stay up till midnight on New Year's Eve because we want to set ourselves up for a really good New Year's Day. In fact, it's one of my favorite holidays. Each year, I spend time asking God for direction and then writing out my goals for the coming year. Um, this year, I set goals in five categories, spiritual growth, physical health, professional development, personal growth, and relational intentionality. Some of these goals are just fun ideas uh, to maybe mark off my bucket list, um, but I believe some are a direct response to the nudge of the Holy Spirit. The origin of my love for a fresh new start comes from my desire to be aligned with the heart of God, and a new beginning gives me the opportunity to intentionally align myself with what God desires to produce through my life. That alignment happens on January 1st of every year, but it also happens on the first day of every month, every Monday morning, and honestly, most days. Um, Psalm 27, 8 says, my heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. This is one of my favorite verses in Psalms, but it ac actually describes the cry of my heart. It's been time in God's presence to receive a word from the Lord, to soak in his unfailing love and the reality of his grace. These are precious gifts from the Lord. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh every morning. Lamentations 3, 22 through 23. Are you thankful for the truth found in these verses? Aren't we blessed to serve a God who desires to spend as much time with us as we desire to spend time with him? His mercies begin afresh each morning. Great is his faithfulness. I was reminded of this blessing while reading through the story of Joseph this week. Uh, since I was a teenager, I've made it a goal to read through the Bible every year. But a few years ago, I switched to a two-year plan uh, to kind of slow down and dig a little deeper through some of the passages uh, without feeling rushed to, to make it through Revelation by the end of the year. So 2024 is actually one of my Old Testament years. Uh, so I've been reading Genesis so far over the last three weeks. I love Genesis. I mean, of course I do. It literally means in the beginning. <laughs> I am naturally drawn to the moment when I can open my Bible and turn to the first verse of the first chapter of my very favorite book. While reading through Genesis, I've clearly seen a theme over the last three weeks of God's faithful presence. Exactly what I needed to hear. Isn't it wonderful how God just takes a message that he really needs to hear you in today's season of life. Um, and you can read through scriptures you've read your whole life and uh, the Lord meets you where you're at today. I love that about him. Uh, in fact, as I went back through Genesis this week in pre preparation for today, um, I listed 20 moments that I saw as evidence to the active presence of God. So I'm going to read through these 20. Uh, bear with me. Genesis 3.8 tells us that the Lord was the Lord God was walking about in the garden. Genesis 5.23 states that Enoch walked in close fellowship with God. The same thing was said of Noah in Genesis 6.9. In chapter 12, the Lord told Abraham to leave his home and his family to go to the country. I will show you. 
In chapter 15, the Lord said, do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you. When Hagar ran away, she learned from her encounter with the angel of the Lord that the Lord sees and the Lord hears. Her problems did not go away, but she knew with confidence that the Lord was paying attention. She was not alone because God was with her. When Sarah laughed silently to herself at the thought of having a baby at her age, the Lord heard her. When Abraham asked for protection over Lot and his family, God listened. When Abraham prayed for the women in King Abimelech's household, the Lord healed them of their infertility. When Hagar once again found herself grieving in the desert, the Lord heard the cries of her little boy. Genesis 21, 20 says, and God was with the boy as he grew up in the wilderness. Notice he was still in the wilderness. God did not rescue Ishmael from the wilderness, but God was with him in the wilderness. When God asked Abraham to sacrifice the son through whom God had promised to fulfill his covenant with Abraham, he showed Abraham which mountain to climb. And on that mountain, God provided the sacrifice in order that Isaac might live. God asked Abraham to do something really difficult, something that didn't make sense to him at the time, but God was present. While Abraham's servant was praying for an obvious sign of which young woman he was supposed to bring back to be Isaac's wife, God answered his prayer before he was even finished praying. And in Genesis 26, after Isaac had experienced hostility towards his family, we hear the Lord say for the first time, do not be afraid for I am with you and will bless you. A few years later, King Abimelech said, we can plainly see that the Lord is with you. When Jacob saw the angels going up and down the stairway to heaven, he heard the Lord say from the top of the stairway that all the families of the earth would be blessed through Jacob and his descendants. Then the Lord said, what's more, I am with you and I will protect you wherever you go. One day I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything I have promised you. In Genesis 29, 31, scripture says that God saw that Leah was unloved and enabled her to have children. Despite the bickering and competing against each other, God remembered Rachel as well and answered her prayers for giving her by giving her a son. When it was time for Jacob to return to his father, the Lord said, I will be with you. Three more. <laughs> when his uncle went out in pursuit of Jacob, the Lord warned Laban to leave Jacob alone. The night before Jacob was to be reconciled with his brother Esau, the Lord appeared to him in the form of a man and allowed Jacob to wrestle with him. In Genesis 35, God told Jacob to go back to Bethel, back to the place where the Lord had appeared to him while he was in distress. Jacob obeyed and God appeared to him again. He gave Jacob the new name of Israel and then introduced himself by the new name of El Shaddai, God Almighty. We see evidence of the presence of God generation after generation. Through all of these examples, we see that the Lord is with people, both in good times and in difficult circumstances. You probably have your own testimony of that, right? God's promise was never that hard times would not come, but that the Lord would be with them through unfamiliar territory and through difficult circumstances. Let me say that again. God's promise was never that hard times would not come, but that the Lord would be with them through unfamiliar territory and through difficult circumstances. This is evidenced beautifully in the story of Joseph, and that's where I want to land this morning for just a few more minutes. We all know that Joseph 
we all know Joseph as the favorite child, uh, the dreamer who lorded his dreams of leadership over his brothers and his father. His brothers didn't just hate Joseph's dreams. They hated Joseph because of his dreams. They sinned against him by ripping off the beautiful coat his father had given him, throwing him into a cistern, and then selling him to a group of Ishmaelites. These Midianite traders took Joseph to Egypt, where they sold him to Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials. But take note of these five words in Genesis 39.1. The Lord was with Joseph. Joseph was a slave in Potiphar's house. Imagine that. Joseph was a slave in Potiphar's house, and the Lord was with him. Joseph was far from his home and the only family he'd ever known. He was only 17 years old and had lost his family, his home, and his freedom. But the Lord gave him success in everything he did, and his master noticed. He quickly found favor with Potiphar, and everything the Egyptian official owned was placed in Joseph's care. Now, Joseph was strong and handsome, uh, which Potiphar's wife quickly noticed, Every day, she demanded that Joseph join her in his bed, but he refused out of loyalty to his earthly master. He also did not want to sin against God, who was so faithfully providing for him in the midst of these difficult circumstances. Insulted by his rejection, Potiphar's wife lied about Joseph, and he was thrown into prison, the same confinement where the king cast his prisoners. Let's look at Genesis 39, starting at verse 20. But while Joseph was there in the prison... The Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. So Joseph was in prison and the Lord was with him. One morning while in prison, Joseph noticed that both the king's cupbearer and the king's baker were upset. There was something about today that was different, and Joseph was quick to notice. And because he took the next step to ask his fellow prisoners if anything was wrong, he was able to help them by interpreting their dreams. And the interpretation of one of those dreams is what led to the opportunity to interpret Pharaoh's dream, which in turn led to Joseph's freedom. It also positioned Joseph to allow God to use him to save his family and the whole nation of Israel. Because Joseph paid attention that day, because he cared enough to ask a question and listen to the emotional struggle of another person, even though he had his own problems to deal with, Joseph was postured to be used by God in ways that had a long-term impact. Excuse me. Because he was willing to be there for someone else, just as the Lord had been there for him, Joseph was able to make a difference in the lives of millions of people. Sorry. Joseph interpreted both of their dreams, asking Chief Cutbearer to show him kindness by mentioning him to Pharaoh when he was restored to his position in three days. The man forgot about Joseph, but the Lord did not. He continued to faithfully provide for Joseph in the midst of difficult circumstances. Two years later, Joseph had a dream that troubled him. He sent for all the magicians and wise men throughout Egypt, but no one could interpret his dream. Then the chief cupbearer remembered the young Hebrew man who had in, who had accurately interpreted his dream. He told the king about Joseph, and the king sent for him. This is what scripture says in Genesis 41, 15, and 16. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream and no one could interpret it, but I've heard it said of you that you, when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. 
I cannot do it, do it, Joseph replied to Pharaoh, but God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. So here Joseph was. Joseph stood before Pharaoh, a man who could, in a word, condemn him to death, right? But as he stood before Pharaoh, the Lord was with him. You sense the theme, I hope. <laughs> with the Lord's help, Joseph interpreted both of Pharaoh's dreams. The dream of seven skinny cows eating seven fat cows and the dream of seven thin heads of grain, swallowing up seven good heads of grain. He told the king of Egypt how there would be seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. Joseph went on to give Pharaoh instructions from God on how to store up a fifth of the harvest during the years of plenty in order to be prepared for the years of famine. Pharaoh recognized that Joseph had the spirit of God in him, and he appointed him to be second in command over all of Egypt. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all of this known to you, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. Genesis 41, 39 and 40. So now Joseph was placed in leadership and the Lord was with him. Pharaoh placed a ring on Joseph's finger, dressed him in robes of fine linen and placed a gold chain around his neck. He gave Joseph a wife, and he gave him the authority to carry out this new assignment. Joseph was now 30 years old, which meant, which meant he had spent 13 years as a slave and as a prisoner. He trusted in God, and God faithfully provided for him, yet he did not experience earthly freedom for 13 long years. Some of you have been waiting for God to answer your prayers for what probably seems like a lifetime. My prayer for you this morning is that you can recognize God's presence in your life, even through season after season of what seems like unanswered prayer. I'd like to encourage you this morning to overcome this human expectation that God's presence is always evidenced by earthly blessings and physical healings, by answers to questions and solutions to problems. Just like Joseph, at times God's provision comes in the midst of difficult circumstances. The Lord was with Joseph through betrayal, slavery, imprisonment, and through a great a season of great responsibility. The Lord was with Jacob through very necessary moments of relational restoration. The Lord was with Leah when her husband didn't love her. The Lord was with Rachel when she was unable to have children. The Lord was with Isaac during a season of hostility towards him and towards his family. The Lord was with Lot when his family was captured during a battle, and then again when sexual harassment landed right at his front door. The Lord was with Abraham when he was asked to make a sacrifice that humanly made no sense. The Lord was with Sarah while she waited for the promise of a son. The Lord was with Hagar when she was abused by her mistress and then sent away into the desert, a place where she struggled to provide for her son. The Lord's presence is evident even on our darkest days. If you remember one thing from this morning's devotional, I hope you remember this and that you hear it over and over and over again today. The Lord is with you. Joseph's wife gave birth to a son and Joseph named him Manasseh because God had made him forget all of his troubles and about how he'd been sinned against by his brothers. His second son was named Ephraim, which because God had made him fruitful in the land of his suffering. Joseph had experienced troubles. He had been sinned against and he was forced to live in a land that represented his suffering. Yet the Lord was with him. 
praise the Lord, for he has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. I trust in him with all my heart. He helps me and my heart is filled with joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. Psalms 28, 6 and 7. May God make his presence known to you today, even in the midst of difficult circumstances. And may he give us ears to hear and a heart to listen to what those around us are going through. May the impact of our empathy and understanding make a difference in the lives of each person we come in contact with today. Let it be so, Heavenly Father. Let it be so.